Okay, turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 from verse 1. Are you with me? Romans 8. Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. There is no accusation. If you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation, no accusation. Meaning, there's no shame, there's no guilt. God does not condemn you. God does not look at you with shame. You know, there's no, there's nothing that is convicting you. You are guilt-free. You're free of condemnation. The case is closed. The case that was against you is closed and you are proven free. You're set free. Yeah? Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, let's read the last verse of this chapter. Let's start from verse 38. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, the chapter begins with saying, you're no longer condemned, ends with you're no longer separated. It begins with you're no longer condemned and it ends with you're no longer separated. Did you know that there is nothing, there is absolutely nothing that can separate you from God today? There's nothing. It begins with no condemnation, ends with no separation. Why am I repeating this? Is you have to understand if you don't have a revelation that you are no longer condemned, you cannot experience no separation. Without having the revelation that God does not condemn you, He does not point His fingers at you, you will not be able to believe that you are no longer separated. So you have to completely believe that God doesn't accuse you. God is not an accuser. The accuser is the devil. God does not accuse you. The devil is the one who is accusing you. God does not put you in guilt and shame and fear. It's the devil. It's, it's so shocking that so many, so many of us in spite of knowing this gospel of grace, we still struggle through condemnation, fear, shame, guilt. You have to believe that God does not condemn you. See, Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For we are saved by grace through faith. What are you saved from? What are you saved from? Until you don't really put words into what are you saved from, you will not understand what are you saved into. You have to understand what are you saved from so that you can be saved into. You are saved from condemnation 
You're saved into no separation. You're saved from the kingdom of darkness. You're saved into the kingdom of light. You're saved from accusation and you're saved into the voice of the Father. You have to understand what are you saved from and what are you saved into. If you're saved from something, you're saved into something. Yeah? You know, once I was driving a car, it was nighttime and it was a single lane, so there was there were cars that were coming uh, from the other side, and because they you know the beamers were too strong, I I could not see. Now the light, the light of the car is meant to show path to the car so that you can see ahead. But if the light comes against you, even the light's purpose is to show you path. You'll be blinded. See, God is for you. God's love is for you. But if you don't understand that He no longer condemns you and He is for you, that light that come against you will blind you. So you have to know, no matter what, that God is on your side. He's on your side. He is for you. He is with you. That light is showing you showing you the path it's showing you direction it is not coming against you to accuse you if it is coming against to accuse you that is that means something is wrong either i need to change my direction of how i'm looking or that light is not from god yeah anything that separates you from god is not from god how how difficult is that? Anything that separates you from God is sin. Is sin. If your if your discipline of reading the Bible and not able to get to it for whatever reason, and that is condemning you and keeping you in separation, that's sin. See, I, I want to impart the discipline into your lives so that you will read your Bible and pray every day. But it has to start from the place that you are no longer condemned and you're no longer separated. If it doesn't start from that place of no longer being condemned and no longer being separated, you are, you are in that place of obligation. You're doing it as a servant, as a slave. Oh, I didn't pray today. Oh, gosh, it's going to be such a bad day. Oh, I didn't declare 20 verses today. Then you're not putting faith in God. You're putting faith on your faith. Don't put faith on your faith. Put faith in God. Okay, let me tell you this story. In the Old Testament, there were these two brothers their names are Abel and Cain. And they both decide to sacrifice as worship unto God. Now, Abel, because he's a shepherd, he brings a lamb. 
as an offering. And Cain, who's a farmer, he brings his grain as an offering. Now, when they come together and they offer, them, offer their sacrifices unto God as worship, God accepts the sacrifice of Abel. And he does not accept the sacrifice of Cain. Now, it's not in the offering, it's not in the quality of the offering that the sacrifice was not accepted. It was in the posture of the heart. Hebrews 11 verse 4 says, By faith, Abel offered a much better sacrifice than Cain. See, both of them came with the intention of offering a sacrifice. But Abel offered a better sacrifice. Why? Because his faith was not in the sacrifice. His faith was in the goodness of God. Cain put his faith in his sacrifice. So Cain's, Cain's whole intention was, yes, my God is going to obviously look at this offering and be pleased at it because this is the best thing that I've given. It's obviously better than Abel's. What is that? Lamb, small. But look at my big offering, right? He's putting faith in his offering. But look at Abel. He's putting faith in God's goodness. That more than his offering, he's giving the best that he can. But he knows for sure that God is going to accept this offering because he's good. Not because my offering is good. He's going to accept my offering because he is good. He does not accept your prayers because your prayers are good. He accepts your prayers because he is good. Your prayers are not accepted because they are eloquent and they are more scriptural and, you know, you can quote the exact verses and the exact references. It's the heart. It's a posture of the heart. If you can put your faith in the goodness of God, then put your faith in your faith, you will always see the goodness of God coming through. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is not just to believe that God exists, but that He's a good rewarder. So even before you start praying, even before you start, you know, spending, spending time with God, you have to believe that He is good. He's a good rewarder. You have to move from condemnation, move into a place that God is for you. He's on your side. He's on your team. But if you're going to pray, oh God, do bless me, oh God. But the posture of the heart is that you're fearful and you're ashamed and you feel condemned. You will not see the flow of God's work in your life. You will not see that goodness in your life. Why? Because you are not operating in faith. You're operating in fear. Faith attracts God's grace. Fear does not. Once you get married, you'll know that when your spouses do things out of obligation, you don't like it. Because if they do things out of obligation, they will kind of rub it on you. You know, I did this. I do all of this for you. I wash clothes. I wash utensils. We do, we do for each other out of love. Not out of obligation, out of love. We pray out of love. 
We read the Bible out of love. We come to church out of love. Everything that we do in the spiritual is out of love. So move from no condemnation to no separation. So if you read Romans 8, it's one of my favorite chapters in the whole New Testament. Romans 8 begins with no condemnation. It ends with no separation. And in between, Paul is talking about victorious living in the Holy Spirit. But you cannot have victorious living in the Holy Spirit if you don't begin with no condemnation. You have to believe, irrespective of how your week went, irrespective of how many times you missed your quiet time, irrespective of how many times you did not open the Bible, you have to believe that God is on your side and He does not condemn you. I love discipline. And we all should be disciplined. But we have to move from discipline to delight. You know, me, me and my wife, Betty, we have, we have these certain habits in our house. It's just to create intentions, just to tell each other how much we love each other. And we can spend more time with each other. Those disciplines are good. But if those disciplines are only left as disciplines, and if they don't go into delight, is going to choke us both. It needs to move from discipline into delight. You don't just get to pray. You, you just don't have to pray. You get to pray. You're not obligated to pray. You get to pray. It's a privilege. You don't have to read the Bible. Well, let me tell you, you will go to heaven even if you don't read the Bible. You will get there even faster. Because Bible is what strengthens you to be here. Don't read. So don't read the Bible to get to heaven. Read the Bible because you're in love. Because you want to hear the voice of the Father. Because there's a relationship that you have with the Father. God is on your side. God is for you. He is for you. Irrespective. Now, now you might be struggling with whatever, right? Irrespective of whatever you're struggling with. God is still on your team. He's still on your team. He's not an accuser. Okay? But that's not my scripture portion. My scripture portion is Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians is after Philippians, by the way. Colossians chapter 1 verse 3. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Verse 4. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. So, so this is Paul. He's writing a letter to a church in Colossae. And he's just introducing himself and he says, you know, I always give thanks to God for you. But verse 4, look at verse 4. Look at the wordings. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. Underline the word heard. Your faith can be heard. Your faith makes some noise. Your faith cannot remain silent. Your faith can be heard. Your faith can be heard. Whatever you do in faith will make noise. It will get noticed. 
oh, I don't know if anybody is noticing me. It will get noticed. There's no way. Read me Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2. With me? Hebrews 11 verse 2. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By what? By faith. For by faith, people of old, people of old meaning people of the Old Testament, received their condemnation. Now, jump to verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, Though he died, he still speaks. Do you know through your faith, you, your voice can be immortalized? Through your faith. Though he died, through his faith, he still speaks. He still speaks. Although the Bible later says the blood of Jesus speaks better words than the blood of Abel. But you have to understand that every act of faith that you do is an eternal act. It goes throughout not just for this generation but for generations after generation. So when God called Abraham, Abraham was probably thinking, Oh God, just give me some land and give me a child, I'll be happy. But God was looking at you. When he called Abraham. See, he was looking at the bigger picture. Generations after generations. That's why he tells, Oh, your, your seed is going to be a blessing to many nations. To many generations after you. Abraham does not live to see that. Every act of faith that you take is a blessing. Not just for you, not just for this generation. It goes throughout generations. Your faith can be heard. That's why your faith is important. Because your faith can be heard. Every, everything that you do in, in the confine of your space where you think nobody is seeing, can I tell you, if that involves a posture of faith, if that involves an act of faith, it will be heard. It will go throughout generations after generation. Think about Noah. He's building his ark. For 120 years, he's building his ark. When nobody has seen rain, has no concept of rain. But look at that one act of faith that has, that has spoken volumes throughout generations. Your act of faith can be heard. Okay, come back to Colossians chapter 1 verse 4. Since we have heard of your faith in... Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Your faith in Christ Jesus is intertwined with the love that you have for saints. You cannot say that I have faith in Jesus and not love the body. I have faith in the head of the church but I don't love the body. You cannot say that because your faith in Jesus is reflected in the love that you have for the saints. Your faith in Jesus is expressed in the love that you have for saints. 
What is the purpose of faith? Why do we have faith in Jesus? So that you can express your love. Do you know without faith, you cannot love one another? It requires so much faith. Ask me. In fact, it's true for relationships too. Without having faith in one another, you cannot love one another. If you want your relationship to go deeper, you need to believe that the other person is good. But if you're always second-guessing, and if you're always wondering if that person has some tricks up their sleeves, you know, to harm you, you're never going to love them. You need to believe that they are good. So you need faith. Faith and love are intertwined. As Christians, our faith in Christ is revealed in the love that we have for people. So if you have faith in Christ and if you're growing more in faith, the evidence is that you're loving more people. The evidence of growing more in faith is not a promotion. Okay? Is not the next big career. Is not the next big mission field. Is not the big church. The the evidence that you're growing more in faith is the ability to love more. It's to love more unconditionally. See, even, even when we believe in God for things, it is not just for getting those things. It is for becoming a blessing. What's the point in receiving all of those things and, you know, you just keep hoarding? does not fulfill the purpose of the kingdom. You are being blessed to be a blessing. So when you put your faith in God, of course, do you get these things? Of course, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added. So of course you will get a good promotion. Of course you'll get a good house and a good car. All of that is there. But why is it there for? So that you can love more. So that you can be a blessing more. You cannot love without being a blessing. You cannot love without giving. I love you, Alvin, but I'll not give anything that I have. You just believe that I love you. Doesn't work. Love means giving. Love is expressed through giving. So your faith in Christ is reflected in the love that you have for all people. Imagine with me that you are living in the time of first century. To believe in Christ required all of you. It was not just a very comfortable option. Oh, I believe in Christ. Yeah, so what? If you believed in Christ, it was a life and death situation. It was, it was a life and death choice. It's a life and death choice. It's not just one of those things, you know, oh, I like chomin. Oh, I don't feel like eating chomin. I'll probably have... Indian tandoori. It's not that kind of a choice. It was a life and death decision. If you said you believed in Jesus, you could probably get killed for it. You know, in such a time where persecution of what you believed was so eminent, people still believed in Jesus. What was so attractive about the faith in Christ Jesus that got people to come nearer to believing in Jesus regardless of the fear of death. What was so attractive? What was so attractive? The Greek philosophy at that time was so eminent. 
the intellectuals, most of our, you know, psychology and philosophy comes from the Greek. It was so eminent at that time. Even those people who lived in that time, in that culture, they saw something more attractive in the gospel than all the intellectual philosophies of the world. Do you know what was that? It was this faith in Christ Jesus that produced radical, sacrificial love for one another. Because these people who were intellectuals, they saw that these guys, they had something in them, a passion to give up their lives for one another because of what they believed. Either they are crazy or they are right. It's not just one of the things, you know. Yeah, I go to church sometimes and then, yeah, I do whatever I want Monday to Friday. It was their thing. It was their life. Faith in Christ is revealed in the love that you have for people. First Corinthians 13, Paul says, if I don't have love and if I speak prophetic words and if I, if I have mountain-moving faith, but if I don't have love, I'm like a clashing symbol. Galatians 5 verse 6, faith works through love. The purpose of faith is to love people. And why? Why is that? Do you, you need to have faith in Jesus to love people because people are imperfect. People can get you on your nerves. People are irritating. People can get you frustrated. And that's why you need faith in Jesus. Your faith in Jesus will overflow to love people, to see their hurts, to see their ugly, to see their bad and still say, okay, you know what? I know all of this, yet I love you. We don't love people because they're perfect. We love people because we just love them. It's a choice that we make. And that can only be empowered by your faith in Jesus. Look at this verse, verse 4. Since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, not some saints, all the saints, meaning your faith in Christ Jesus will be reflected that for the love that you have for all, for the entire universal body of Christ, not just one denomination, not just one group of people, but for the entire body of Christ. Because we want to selectively love people, right? And you don't become a saint when you die. You're a saint now. Through Jesus. So we're not talking about people who have died. Loving them is easy. Who have left. It's hard to love people who are here. It's especially hard to love people who are closer to you. Whom you know in and out. And who are worshipping with you. And you're like, hmm. Just fought with me in the morning. Husbands, don't look at your wives. That's where we need faith in Jesus to express the love that we have for all the saints. Now, when we say faith in Jesus, what faith is it? What is this faith? What is faith in Jesus? The faith in Jesus is that God loves you unconditionally. 
faith in Jesus is to know that you are loved deeply, unconditionally, without any regret, without any guilt, without any shame, without any condemnation. God loves you unconditionally. When you can put your faith in Jesus, knowing that you are loved, it will empower you to love one another. See, because when you see that, my, my goodness, the Father loves me unconditionally, regardless of how I spoke to that other person, He loves me unconditionally. When you can see that, when you can see the work of the cross, that I did Him so much harm, but the cross has paid, not, not on my behalf, but not just for me, but the cross has paid on my behalf to Him for the harm that I created in His life. When you can believe in a gospel that good news of God's unconditional love and know for sure that God loves you without any doubt, you will love other people. It will overflow because you'll be grateful. So knowing God's love creates gratitude that overflows in faith to loving people. Then you don't say, oh God, I want to love them, but, but, but. there's no but. Love has no buts. You just love. I learned a lesson from God a couple of years ago, which is if I have a problem loving somebody, begin by praying for them. Because you cannot complain about people whom you pray for. Oh God, I pray for them. But you know, <laughs> complain and prayer doesn't work together. We genuinely you pray for them. If you genuinely, if your heart is for them, you will begin to love them. But what I want to say is, you remember Luke 8, the parable of the good soil? The good soil is one which holds a seed in an honest and a good heart. So be honest with yourself. Be honest with yourself. If, if you know, if a particular situation or if a particular group of people or, you know, if people are really, you know, Stretching your heart. That means you need faith. You need to be under the revelation that God does not condemn you, that you're no separated, so that you can be empowered to go there. Because without that, if you start loving people, it's like driving a car without a fuel. You'll get burnt out. It's the love of God that can get you burning without burning you out. So if you are under this revelation that God loves you, the Father loves you, He calls you His beloved, you are the accepted of God. If that's the revelation and you know it for sure, there's no iota of doubt and then you can move into loving people and you love people, you love people, you love people. Be honest to yourself when you begin to have doubts and accusations so that you can go back and be like, God, I love you. Why? Because you love me first. I want to thank you that you don't condemn me. I want to thank you. I'm grateful that you don't accuse me. Be empowered and then go back. Be empowered and then go back. But come back again. Find time in your day. Find time weekly so that you can, you can align yourself to that reality that you're no longer condemned. You're no longer separated. Put faith in Jesus that God loves you. Without Jesus... God's love will just be a concept. When you put faith in Jesus that God loves you, the cross is 
an expression of God's love for you, that will empower you to automatically love people. So if you're struggling to love people, you need to know that God loves you first. You need to know that God loves you. We love because He first loved us. Not just love God, even love people. We love, we love each other because He first loved us. It's like an unlimited flow of energy that can go through your heart to love people, regardless of the imperfection. Let's face it, all of us are different. We are all different. We all speak different languages. I mean, we speak the same language, English, but still, you know, we mean different things when we say different. We when we use different terms. So, in a way, we are all speaking different languages, and we're still trying to fight who who is right and who is not. Love covers all wrongs. Love does not get irritated. Oh man, that is so much for me. Love does not get irritated. Love does not snap. Love is patient. So if you're not there, it's absolutely fine. There's hope. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your faith how deeply you are loved by the Father. How deeply. This, this is, this is like a love letter, where God reminds you again and again, again and again, how much He loves you. Oh, I have drawn you with an everlasting love. My grace is upon you. Oh, you were dead in your sins and trespasses, but God being rich in mercy. This tells you how much God loves you. But if you look at it from the place of condemnation, this will condemn you. This will accuse you. You're not there yet, Sam. You haven't read your Bible. Mm, what did you do yesterday? So your relationship with God needs to begin with no condemnation. He is on my side. He is for me. He is with me. His love is for me. That's the very foundation where, where we begin. That's why faith works through love. Amen? So your faith in Christ is reflected in the love that you have for people. Your faith in Christ is not reflected in the things that you get. The things that you are believing for should be an expression of the love that you have for people. So ask yourself, whatever you're praying for, you know, you're praying to get married, you're praying to have the next promotion, you're praying to start a business. What is it really for? Is it to be a blessing and love people? Or is it just for your, for your lust of money and your lust of wealth? Because your faith in Christ will enlarge your heart to love people. Amen? That's why church is such a wonderful place where your heart can get exercised. You know why people leave church? One of the major reasons? Because they get offended by people. Not because of bad doctrine but because they get offended by people here. Offense is good. Look at somebody and say offense is good. You know why? 
Because offense proves that you have a heart. You know who don't get offended? Dead people don't get offended. So if you're offended, that means you have a heart. We have to learn how to deal with offense. Rather than distancing from people and distancing from God and from the body of Christ. Yeah? But it all begins with no condemnation. It all begins there. You have, to, you have to be convinced that God does not condemn you. God does not you know, accuse you anymore. The case is closed. You are set free. Oh, but Pastor Sam, there's still more stuff that I am going to do. <laughs> oh, gosh. The case is closed. God saw your future. He saw your past. He saw your present. And he says, the case is closed. You're no longer condemned. You have to believe that you are loved unconditionally and deeply by the Father. Amen? Amen. Does this stretch your faith? It should. It should. That's why I, I encourage you to come to church so that you can exercise your faith in loving people. Not just listening to the word and going back home. That doesn't exercise your faith. You'll become an obese Christian. You know an obese Christian? There's no exercise. You, if you want to exercise your faith, come to church. Meet imperfect people. Have relationship with imperfect people. Get offended here and there. Stretch your faith even more. And ask God for healing. Oh Lord, I need so much of your grace. Amen? I, I'm telling you if, you, if we can learn to look past that offense, oh man, God can bless us so much. Offense is part of the journey. Offense is part of the journey. Remember what Jesus said in Mark 10, 30, 29, 30, whoever has sacrificed their mother's, father's, lands, properties, they shall receive hundredfold with persecution. With persecution. So if you love one another, here and there you'll get offended. But that's okay. Learn to put your faith in the love of Jesus. That you are loved more deeply. Amen? Amen. God bless you.